Welcome to the Peace at Home podcast. I'm your co-host, Sinan. And I'm Ben. And there is no Jamie today because <laughs> he's uh, very busy. And our music's by Jordan. There you go. I got it. <laughs> I remembered. I just, I just so thought, there, there's no Jamie today, so there was no clash between me and him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was no need for me to explain how to go and like begin a podcast to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Jamie has done this literally hundreds of times. <laughs> Oh, at least I had the excuse for having a long break, you know? Yeah, like, ah, uh, anyway. Anyway, we were talking about the um, Suleiman Demerel, wide Mussolini. Yeah. We were already sick of this guy. Oh, yeah. But there, I, was, I was thinking about how there was uh, BBC, so there's like some BBC, um, like, TV bits, you know, BBC News TV bits about Turkey that they have archived. And one of them is about the 1977, I think it was, election. And they, um, they describe Suleyman Demirel as, like, every bit the confident pop- right-wing populist leader. Mm. As he's just like... <laughs> and also, like, and then, you, and then we mentioned the wide Mussolini connection. I'm like, ha! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something's going on there. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Suleyman Demirel. God, I can't believe that guy became fucking president. Oh, God. I'm just, really I'm just imagining somebody in, like, British Path A voice going, And now this gentleman, who looks like a wide version of Il Duce. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so much more, it's so much more respectful than it needs to be. <laughs> and like, oh, yes, we're gonna, um, oh, yeah, here we go, 1979, in, uh, Ejivit, Demerol, and Turkesh are on the BBC. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, that is the most most cursed blunt rotation. Yeah, I was ever. gonna say <laughs> nightmare blunt rotation. E- like Ejivit and Demerol kept rolling the worst blunt ever and kept being asked to leave the Premiership. <laughs> was basically the summary of the seventies. Oh, like man. they just kept rolling worse and worse blunts <laughs> joints. It's just like, well, fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, there's, there's your episode title. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what, what would it be like? What a nightmare blunt rotation? Because <laughs> I guess, I guess we are going to talk about a bit of a nightmare blunt rotation. Because for people who didn't catch up on the last episode, we've had a military coup in Turkey. It's 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 so strange. I, we've never had this before. Never. For, for clarification, that's in the timeline of the show. We don't mean one's just happened there. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, just to be very clear. Although by the time um, this goes out, anything's possible. Yeah, I mean, who knows, etc. But like, you know, I think it's fine. So, um, so that and you might recall those of you who did listen to the last episode that every basically every single member of the uh, Democrat Party and the Democrat Party itself is illegal now. It's they banned the party, which I'm sure is completely fine. And evaporates any popular support for it, right? That's how that works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of think about like what do you, what do we think the goal of the 1960 coup was? Like, what do we think that the goal of the coup was, right? Mm. Because the stated goal was to surgically remove the rot from Turkish politics, you know, the the Democrat Party, and uh-huh. to hand back over to a civilian democratic administration. Hmm. Yeah, it seems very, very open and shut, that, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems completely fine. Now, um, the thing is, what they did was they implemented a new constitution, and the military kind of got a bit panicked about their referendum vote, because only, like, 61% of the people voted for the referendum. And so some hardliners got a bit spooked by that, and were like, uh... Wait, that means we need to guide the democracy better. These yeah. people aren't... Vo- By the way, 61% is a fucking landslide. And especially in a country like Turkey, that is a fucking landslide. Like, a, co- a country where, like, people in the same party are doing fistfights with each other in the parliament sometimes. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty decent result. But, hmm. anyway, they were, like, they were quite upset. And they were also upset because the new constitution was at least superficially more democratic. Than the last one, it has a new electoral system. Mm. It's much more proportional in a way. Mm. Um, Did it also know, establish something similar to a Senate? 
they did have a Senate, yeah, which yeah. as we described was the most annoying thing. In fact, yeah. there were even there were even Senate elections. Um uh. and Sheev Palpatine was elected to the Senate. No. Um <laughs> I now love the democracy. funny Yeah, the funny thing about the um about the Senate is uh is that it was elected by first past the post. Whereas mm. the uh the Assembly, the Grand National Assembly was elected by uh, basically Dahont proportions. The, the thing we used for EU elections back when we did that sort of thing. Right. That's that. That's what. That's what that was. Right. It was. It was functionally the same system. There's a different type of quota, but I'm not getting into it because, to be quite honest, I'm not a fucking rose emoji or globe emoji fucking loser who cares about that stuff. No. It's just. It's just not happening. So. <laughs> So, <laughs> so the funny thing is that the uh, the set so the Senate is kind of um, hmm how how to describe the Senate of Turkey? Um, it's basically a it's a very temporary thing because it's gone in 1980, right? It's it's not it's it's not um it's not a thing that sort of exists existed for very long in Turkey. It existed for 19 years. Like it's it's such a short lived thing, but the but the thing with it was is that it was designed to sort of slow down the grant the, the assembly right right the whole idea was it wasn't it's not like it's kind of like what people say about the lords right yeah. except like it was demo- somewhat democratically elected so it kind of makes more sense and the idea is well we you know because the democrat party because it controlled the grand national assembly just got to run riot through everything right you know they got they gave mps the power to be judges which mm. is incredible in its own way um it's a bit kind of getting verging on mega city one there yeah it, it was incredible in its own way that that happened and the uh oh man it it, it was yeah, basically, basically, as as we described it, the offline safety bill was a fucking wild uh, thing to have. Mm. Jess Phillips going around ordering uh, non-blue ticks arrested yes. for, <laughs> for talking back in to the her. streets. Yeah, so yeah. I guess we'll do the Senate election first because it's very funny. So it's first past the post, and when I t- actually wait, should we should we introduce people to the new political system, the new parties? I suppose it'd be good to get that background. Yeah. Yeah, let's introduce... So, obviously, one of the parties is the Republican People's Party. We're intimately familiar with their work, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is going to be a new, interesting, influential character that emerges from the, from the Republican People's Party, but we'll talk about him later, if we have time. So, in the 1961 election, there are four political parties contesting. One is the Republican People's Party... I guess we'll go from, should we go from most right-wing to least right-wing, or should we go from uh, most relevant to least relevant? Oh, God. I would say save the worst for last. Okay. Because the one that's um, the worst is also the one that, like, still existed in the previous system. Mm. But it's, uh, it's, it's going to become a party that we dislike even more. Oh. Wonderful. So I, I guess the first party to sort of mention is the new Turkey party, Yeniturkiya Partisi, which was a faction, it was formed by a former member of the Democrat party who had left the party, basically, in, yeah, like, 1957. So they were basically a party that claimed to have the uh, the political legacy of the Democrat Party. And this is important, by the way. Like, a lot of political parties really... Well, two of the four political parties claim to be the successor to the Democrat Party because, whatever else, it was a party that was winning elections. So, uh, <laughs> you we, know... We do love that kind of party. Yeah, parties, that, I mean, how are you going to implement your policies if you're not in power? Anyway, let's not look into, um, <laughs> let's not look into anything related to that. And there's not really very much to say that's interesting about this party. It is just your sort of bog-standard, liberal, conservative, centre-right party. I guess if I had to sort of distinguish it from the other successor party and the Democrat party itself, much less given to sort of 
the sort of Kemalist understanding of populism, if you like. Right. A little less given to that than you might think. Also, the one, the two other languages for this uh, party, I, I just decided to look up on Wikipedia real quick, and there's two other languages for it, Turkish and Japanese. Turkish and Japanese. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, why are people in Japan super fucking into this political <laughs> party? Um, could be good practice, actually, for Japanese learning. But anyway, um, that, might, that article might get deleted because it looks really small. Anyway. <laughs> like, is, it, is, um, it, is this the Tehran rearing its head again? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, this is kind of like your centrist wing of the, of the Democrat Party. You're, you're sort of, uh, I guess, Anna Subri, if you like. Oh. Except not really. It's not the same, obviously. But I feel like the, these are kind of your, your melt types. Yeah, your woke subs. Yeah, if if you like, they're 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 the good Democrat Party people. They're the ones who didn't do all of the like violation of separation of powers and stuff like that. It wasn't really. It was all the same shit. But they, you know, they they decided that um they, they get, were sort kept their hands clean, I guess. Yeah, and they were sort of more seriously committed to this sort of the liberal bit of the sort of Democrat Party's original, you know, like the press liberalization and stuff like that. Uh. They were a bit more committed to that, I suppose. <laughs> like, <laughs> being, being as generous as I can be. Now, we've got the next worst, well, a worst political party, the Justice Party, Adalet Partisi. Oh, and justice. Actually, interestingly, Erdogan does claim to sort of claim the legacy of the Democrat Party uh, quite a bit, actually. Oh. He, do- he, did- he did claim it at various points, and therefore the Justice Party, because the Justice Party were a fucking electoral machine. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, they-, they, were a- they were a machine. Like, they-, they fucking came to play, like... Although they did, in 1973, get that ass kicked very badly. <laughs> The, be- the best result for a left of centre party, I think, in Turkish history. Or was that 1977? It was 1977 that was the best ever. But, yeah, they got their ass beat really bad in 1973. Oh, I can't wait to talk to about that. Yeah, they lost 16% of the vote. Fuck. <laughs> 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 they, they, they had won a majority, I think, at the last election of the votes. Like, the raw votes, even. Uh, no, they won a majority of the seats, though, against uh, a fading Ismet Inno by the looks of the picture. Um... <laughs> Like, literally fading. Yeah, literally, like, you know in Back to the Future where Martin McFly starts to, like, disappear before his own eyes? <laughs> it's like that. Right, but the, the, the point... So the, so the Justice Party is, I would argue, the real sort of in-spirit successor of the Democrat Party, right? Mm. They are the real, the, the proper successor to it. And they have... um, Basically, they formed from the grassroots organizations that were left behind by the democrat party and they so based there's a dynamic in turkey that i think is kind of difficult to get which is that there's a lot of internal migration in turkey particularly to istanbul pretty much all of the time yeah makes and sense. it's it's actually a very very strong political constituency to have because istanbul is always 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 disproportionately um disproportionately represented in the parliament uh, Uh. because it's a huge fucking city and there are a lot of people from anatolia who move to istanbul and the thing is when they first come to istanbul i guess to be as kind about it as possible they bring their politics with them Uh. And and often the politics of these people is the politics of the dem of the democrat party or the justice party a sort of strongly conservative right-wing populist kind of attitude. Yeah, I suppose that's to be expected, kind of, from sort of provincial places. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and they, and also, like, this party, so, like, the, the other left party always, um, so as a general rule, you can think of the other left party as, like, quite strongly Kemalist, a little bit social, maybe a little bit conservative on that front, but it absolutely, like, leans into the sort of structure of Kemalism quite strongly. Very into parliamentary democracy. In fact, I think the modern successor party that uses the current name of the party, or the logo of the party, certainly, uh, is in the opposition alliance that specifically wants to restore parliamentary democracy. 
and they are big supporters of market economies and NATO. Ah. Uh... Yeah. And you'll be interested to know, and this is because a lot of people think that Suleiman Demirel founded the Justice Party. It was actually a retired general who founded the uh, the de- uh, the just uh, the Justice Party. Sorry, I'm going to get them confused a lot because they are functioning the same party in my brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the the um the other party was founded by a former military uh general. In fact, he was um. Yeah. He he was. He fought in the independence war, all of that good stuff. Uh, yeah, but he, he wanted to join politics after his military service and ended up founding the Justice Party. Really? And yeah, and the uh, we'll get to this in the election result, but it's actually kind of interesting how quickly this party runs into some problems. Um, oh, I can't wait. Oh uh, yeah, it was uh it was pretty um it was pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So and 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 also we should bear in mind this country's just come out of a military coup and this party is very much the democrat party. In fact, there's a sort of class of political party called the neo-democrat parties, <laughs> which are your Yeniturkia Partisi and Adalet Partisi. They they're like considered the same party basically. Yeah, they're just like, kind of like brand alternatives almost. Yeah, they're kind of considered they're, they're considered natural coalition parts. And then obviously the final party that's participating in this election that's not the Republican People's Party that we haven't really, we've mentioned them but we haven't really spoken about is the Republican Villagers Nation Party. Oh, um, what a name. Which, whose who's leader at the in the uh, early stages, the founder is a man called Osman Balukbasha, uh, whose leader would eventually, in the late, in the mid to late nineties, become Alpaslan Turkash. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna have to get used to that. <laughs> oh, fuck um, sake, man. He just keeps bobbing back up. He just, he just can't fucking you can't fucking get away from him. And this is kind of the successor to the Nation Party, who we would have mentioned before. Yes. Uh, and and look, to be honest, there to to sort of put them put their politics on the table for you. They are um, basically agrarian pan-Turanists. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, proper nasty sorts. Like, like real fucking uh, racist sorts. And they... Um, and, and, the thing, and the thing that's interesting about the sort of the Republican Villagers Party is that basically all of these like ultra-nationalist parties in Turkey, their political tradition is one of just constantly being in opposition as much as possible. They they basically refuse under all circumstances to govern <laughs> <laughs> by by almost no matter how convenient the situation is, no matter how what's offered to them, they seem to just be allergic to entering any government. Doesn't mean they don't. They do sometimes. Just very they, reluctantly or <laughs> they they very reluctantly sometimes it, it it's always if they perceive that there's a bigger threat, right? Uh-huh. So I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned it in the bonus, or maybe in the pre-recorded bit of the bonus, where we were, where I was um, talking about Julian Tejevitz and his his second, well, not second, but like his second stint as prime minister, like in the nineties, where he went into coalition with the Mehepe, and they did that because they were really like worried about the um the sort of it's not a type of political party that exists in the timeline of the podcast yet it will exist soon but this sort of um party that was led by Erbakan the Miligurish parties national view parties sort of actual islamist parties ah like parties that actually want to contest the the ideological position of Kemalism in Turkey Sort of anti-secular forces. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even fully convinced that that's necessarily the whole plan of it. But yeah, they want a more socially conservative Turkey, and the way to do that is to not do secularism. I guess. Mm. I mean, there, there's like a proper headbanging far-right Islamist party in the opposition alliance in Turkey right now, who are like the proper hardline fucking dickheads. But the leader of the party has an English wife. Oh. It's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> uh, 
at least that's what my parents say. My parents say his wife's English. I've never bothered looking it up. I'm just like, yeah, probably, right? <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know, fucking know. Probably, yeah. He's pr- probably so sick of his English wife, he wants to ban her from the country or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, the marriage annulled. Yeah. <laughs> I think he went to, like, Manchester Uni as well. It's really funny. Hold on, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to look him up. I think I think that's only reasonable. Kara Mola. I think that's his name. Yeah, Tamal Kara Mola. Karamola, all um, yeah, here he is. Uh, who's his spouse then? Aisha Yasmin Karamola, that doesn't sound very English. I won't no. lie. <laughs> oh, he did go to the University of Manchester though. Oh, there you go. Maybe, maybe he's on his second wife now or something. Nah, I think, I think maybe his wife changed her name when she ah. became a Turkish citizen because you do have to do that. He was the mayor of Sivas. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my, oh my giddy, oh dear, um, poor Sivas. <laughs> he was also in Parliament, I have no clue for what party he could possibly have been in Parliament. Oh, the National Salvation, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, Sivas is kind of famous because it has a lot of Hittite shit in it. Oh, right, okay, so historical yeah, very sites. Important. Very important. Also for the Congress of Sivas, obviously, is the other. I've also just looked at the climate extremes for Sivas, and I fucking hate it. Record low in Sivas was minus 34 degrees. Record Ooh. high was fucking 40. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. How do you, like, well, no, how do you like build a house for both of those? There's, there's no way. No, you just can't. Like, you, you die. I guess I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll like, die. I guess I'll die. <laughs> like, for real. Like... What are you meant to do about that? Anyway, enough about Sivas. It's not the top for now. Or to, yeah, so we've got all these parties. Now, I, I kind of want to make a point about what one of the uh, goals of the military coup was, right? We've surgically removed the rots, right? Mm. Which means that no Democrat party, there can't just be sole Democrat party rule or equivalent of, right? Mm. It can't exist. In fact, ideally, they wouldn't be in the government at all. So... We'll start with the Senate. Um, we'll start with Chief Palpatine for everyone. So, Ben, if I told you that under a first-past-the-post system, mm-hmm. that the Republican People's Party got 37% of the vote, right. and the Justice Party got 35% of the vote, and there were 150 seats, how many seats do you reckon that the Republican People's Party or the Justice Party got? What do you reckon the seat distribution would look like between them? Well, Just a guess. Oh, I would say about 60 each, thinking optimistically. Okay, well, that is very optimistic. So, you need 75 for a majority in the Senate. Um, the Republican People's Party won the most votes and got 36 seats. Oh, no. The Justice Party got 71 seats. Ah, fuck. Because... All of their votes were in the fucking provinces. Uh, of course. Where, because first past the post, yeah. Republican People's Party votes concentrated in, like, you know, Izmir and Istanbul and Ankara and places like that. In fact, you can, uh, yeah, you can even see this lovely map of the, this is the, um, this is the assembly election, but there is a lovely, but it'll give you an idea. I assume people kind of voted down the line. Oof. On it, and you can see what the problem may have been. In fact, they didn't even win Istanbul, the fucking losers. They lost Istanbul to the <laughs> Adalet Party. Also, that's insanely weird to win an election while losing in Istanbul and in Izmir. This is such a weird map because Izmir is like um, has a reputation as being the Republican People's Party's like fortress seat, yeah, like basically untouchable. But I suppose this is kind of a good time to mention that at one point the sort of eastern part of the Black Sea was regarded as kind of a leftist stronghold once upon a time. Not that the Republican People's Party are especially leftist, but once upon a time that was, and we will talk about the time some people tried to do socialism, but, like, actually tried to do it. Oh, well. In northeastern Turkey. It was, it was a really interesting experiment, and probably the dry run for one of the military coups. Oh. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of the sad part of it. But it was a nice idea, a beautiful dream, you might say, as it always is. It always. Yeah. In another life, I guess. 
Um, I really like that line from Disco Elysium where he's upset about not getting the boots from the armor, and that's his reaction to be like, in another life, and I'm like, Jesus, Harry, calm down. <laughs> like, it's gonna be fine. Oh, uh, well, the true love is possible in the next yeah. life. It's too late for us. Mmm. Oh. Anyway, that's bummed me out a bit. Wreak <laughs> <laughs> havoc in the middle class. That's it, yeah. Anyway, so... So that's the Senate, and the Senate doesn't really matter so much, I, because uh, who was the speaker, the elected speaker of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the Senate? Yeah, it was a Justice Party politician who also uh, form, who, uh, yeah, becomes Prime Minister. Oh, yeah. oh no. Mm. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Preceded by Ismet Unan, who succeeded by Suleiman Demirel. It's oh. a really cursed sandwich of people there. God, what downgrades? Oh, yeah. What fucking downgrades? And also, so like, okay, so there are 150 elected members of the Senate. We talked about them. But there are 15 members appointed by uh, the president. And then there were also, like, natural members who were also added to the Senate, who were basically former presidents. Right. Um, including the former president of the Hatai Republic, actually. You thought we were, you thought we were done with Hatai. Oh, no. It's, st- it's still fucking having a fucking impact on this shit. And also the 22 remaining members of the Turkish Hunter. Because remember, they kicked 14 of them out hmm. for being too right-wing. And yeah. also too, and being too dictatorial for the Hunter. <laughs> There's a lot of this in Turkey, which yeah. is they were too they were too this for the thing that is just this. <laughs> yeah, like too racist all... for the army, or too... yeah, like <laughs> although the army one was a sham trial. To be fair, that they were they were never going to win that trial. They weren't allowed. No, no they were because because the Soviet Union was piling the pressure on. You know, they were like, rightly. okay, we... rightly, yes. By the way, I agreed with the Soviet Union on that one. Like, <laughs> they were absolutely piling the pressure on Turkey regarding it friendliness and openness towards the Axis and how much of its military kept going to Germany to give advice to the Nazis. Mm. Sending Alpaslan Turkesh to advise Hitler and the bunker. Oh, oh, at least he would have died then, I guess, but instead of, instead of living to fucking ni- 1999, this motherfucker was in government when I was alive. Oh, God. Like, it's insane. I fucking hate that cunt so much. It's so, it's so, like, I, like, viscerally hate the party he formed, and I viscerally hate him even though he's dead. And yeah. to be honest, the reason is, usually when you're dead, you don't do any more damage. But this guy's legacy is fucking toxic. Yeah, he's stinking and, the place up. Yeah. They may as well put his rotten corpse as the speaker of the fucking parliament. Anyway, I'm gonna get really mad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's not, let's not get into that right now. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just really, I'm really not having a good time with this guy. Anyway, we have the parliamentary election. Now, the parliamentary election is proportional. So, you know, we're going to have a relatively normal result. Uh, I guess what I'll do is I will screenshot the result for Ben. And then we'll read it, I guess, in order of, I, sh- I guess we'll go from smallest party to biggest party. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, to be fair, I've kind of given it away with the Senate election results. I don't really see what the what the fuss is going to be. But there you go. There's the um, there is the Parliament, and mm. you need uh, it's 450, so you need 226 seats to form a majority. So the first party, the party that gets the uh, fewest votes that still makes it into Parliament, is the Yeniturkiye Partisi, with 13% of the vote and 65 seats. Well, 13.7% and 65 seats. That's a pretty decent chunk, you know? Yeah. Next, you get the Republican Villagers Nation Party, the, the far-right assholes, who get 14%, but get fewer seats than the New Turkey Party, with 54. Mm-hmm. 54 seats for them. This is also a thing, because the far-right parties in Turkey tend to have a really inefficient distribution of votes, no matter what the system, and always seem to get overtaken by a fourth party. Yeah, I suppose it's like, like every village has a its, its certain number of racists or something. It's, yeah, well, it's because now it's because their sort of votes are heavily concentrated in a single province, uh. which is their leader's home province. Well, not his, he's not from there, I don't think, but like the one that he runs in. 
And whereas, like, the head-air pair, who usually get more seats in them, are, like, you know, they have, like, the southeast, obviously, and that's a seat-rich area as well. But they also get seats in, like, Istanbul and stuff now, so... Gotcha. In second place, it's the Justice Party, Adalet Partisid, with the general, former general leading it, with 158 seats. And finally, it's the Republican People's Party in first place, a returning champion, <laughs> Ismet Inonu. He's back with 173 seats. He won. He won the election, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. The problem is this. He didn't win a majority. Now, no, I guess there's never been like an official official admission of this. But it is a well-known, it's sort of common knowledge. That the Hunter wanted the Republican People's Party to win outright. Yeah. That was... The idea was that we would do de-Democrat partyification, I guess. And that the Republican People's Party would be best placed to do it. Because they're not a Democrat party, or a successor to... And they're also not the dipshit, you know, 14 military officers who are too dictatorial party. <laughs> yes. The problem with this seat... So basically, the Republican People's Party can form a coalition with whoever they want, right? Yeah. And this is kind of the problem that the Nation Party, the the Villagers Party, falls into, right? They fall into this problem because they're like, we don't want to be in government because that sounds like work. Yeah. What should work? <laughs> like, I much prefer I mean, to just complain about stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, what would you mean? We have to, like, actually do stuff. This is racist to us. <laughs> Yeah. Anti-Turkish racism has been done to us. If, if we have to go into government, that's going woke, and we're not going to do that. Yeah. Now, in fairness, this happens a bit later. Um, th th this problem comes for the uh, for the nationalists a bit later. So, we what we what we're forming here is the twenty-sixth government of Turkey. Is what mm. we're forming, and this is Ismet Inonu's what's eighth government? I want to say. Jesus. This is his eighth government, and basically, the, the thing is that the nationalists refuse. They refuse outright, in the way they did in 2015 People who know about the 20, June 2015 election will know that all of the opposition parties had more seats than the, um, than the AKP, and the fucking Republican People's Party offered the leader of the fascist party the seat of prime minister just to get the fucking AKP out, which is such a great summary of the get the X out <laughs> mentality, by the way. Such a fucking great summary of it. No, we would literally have a fascist be the prime minister, a position that effectively means that he commands the armed forces, because technically it's the president, but let's be real, it's not. Hmm. Like, and like have a, a, a shit ton of executive powers. We'd rather have a fascist do that than have the AKP in. Is the logical endpoint of just being the dumbest motherfucker known to man. Anyway, <laughs> they just straight up refuse. They just say no. And in fact, <laughs> the, the 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 funny thing about the Mehepe, um 2015 incident is they said no. The obvious government is a grand coalition between the uh, AKP and the Jehepe. Oh, and I'm like, and with me as the official opposition leader. When he would not have been, he would have been the fourth biggest party, I think, in that election, so he wouldn't have been. So he, I think he accidentally screwed himself and would have made Kurdish people the official opposition. Um, it's got, got, it's got the, a lot of the, the kind of Homer Simpson declaring himself vice president. No, junior vice president. Yeah, I mean, to be, no, actually, to be fair, they had an equal number of seats and they did win more votes. So I guess technically he would have been the leader of the opposition. But I bet the hair their pair would have put up a hell of a fight for that and done a lot of trolling about it. Oh, fuck I. Yeah. Uh, it was the 2015 election I'm thinking of where they got overtaken seats-wise by the hair their pair. And also they clearly rigged the election. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but it is just deeply funny to see the baldest fascist leader in the world. I mean, he is... I mean, Devlet Bachelet is possibly the baldest fascist uh, currently leading a political party. I mean, this Bolsonaro has hair. Oh, wow. It's not just bald, but, like, flat on the top as well. Yeah, I know. You, you could land yeah. a plane on that, Bond, so that's incredible. <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of love... I, I love the concept of Devlet Bachelet, because his whole thing was to kind of try and do a Marine Le Pen type thing. Because he's, like... He's not, like, an uneducated guy. He, he's, like, the, the actual fascist. Like, he's, uh, he's an educated, sort of, petty bourgeois kind of guy. Yeah. 
Like, in fact, literally, like, oh, he is from the province that he represents, which is Osmania, by the way. I was just a bit, I just assumed he was from Istanbul, which does explain his accent and also the crying about biscuits. Um, <laughs> but his, his, fam, his, his father was a fucking well-known farmer and merchant. Oh, like, boy. he is the classic, classic, classic person who's going to become a fascist, right? Oh, yeah. I, 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 I can see him leading the petty bourgeois fucking interest. Faction to... interest in Turkey, yeah. <laughs> in the fascist party. Oh, yes. That upsets so many people. They're like, oh, the petty bourgeois and the fascist party. I'm like, yes, what did you think the ideology <laughs> was? What did you think the ideology was? I'm genuinely curious what people think, like, the fascist ideology like the ideological class root of it is mm. like actually i'm very in do do people just think it's the street thugs because like that's not the muscle wait oh it's not the like big brain behind it a lot of people really. do seem do seem to think it that fascism is somehow proletarian you're like no 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 it's not it's, it's the opposite it's, yeah it's, it's the jet ski dealer ideology you dumbass yeah like it, it drives me so mad because I saw someone on like a paradox forum being like, "Oh, shouldn't the trade unions be in the fascist?" I'm like, "No. When is a trade like what trade union that's like actually a trade union and not just like a front for you know doing deals with bosses has ever like backed the fascist movement sincerely in that way?" Oh. Like, uh, there is a bit of that to be honest. Yeah, yeah, there is, but like also like in the way that Victoria represents it. Anyway, we're talking about video game again. <laughs> But, like, what, there is actually a fascist um, trade union aligned to the Mehepe in Turkey now. I remember this because um, I was talking to a mutual about um, independent trade unions in communist countries. And I was like, yeah, gee, I wonder why a lot of currently existing communist regimes do not allow independent trade unions, looks mm. at Poland intensely. <laughs> yes, why, exactly. do they not, uh, why do they not allow it? And then a bunch of Zoomers got super mad at me and being like, oh, guys, you're not meant to admit that you hate trade unions. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> there's a trade union in Turkey aligned to the fascist party. Is that good? Is it good just because a trade union does it? Yes. I, like, I, I, yeah, apparently. Oh, just because like, the workers <laughs> wanted to... What the fuck are you on about? Like I genuinely, genuinely, I, I didn't want to like flame them on the TL because like they were they were literally like nineteen. Yes, yeah, like, so you don't want to bully children like, online. <laughs> I like what am I gonna like? All right, like okay, you're nineteen. You you know, you, fine, whatever. I can. I was a fucking dumbass at nineteen too. It's fine. Like it's just like very funny to me how people think of these things. Anyway, we veered off topic uh, quite wildly <laughs> again. But I think Ang it was a we're angry about trade unions. Yeah, we're angry about trade unions. Anyway, fascist trade unions. Enough about British trade unions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, yeah, it's it's not a proletarian ideology at all. But you see, the problem is that now they have two Democrat parties that they have to form a coalition with. Yes, they, they haven't so much surgically removed the rot, so much as cut it in half, seemingly. Yeah, it's and by the way, the total number of votes for the Democrat Party successes is forty eight percent. If they were one party, they would have won a majority. Oof. So they should count themselves fucking lucky in on that count alone. Now, the the thing that happens here is quite interesting, which is that the Yeniturkiye Party go, you know, like uh, we want to spend this term in opposition. So that leaves us with one option. Which is the Justice Party, the explicit, very oh. like, I like very one to one replacement for the um, the Democrat Party and the Republican People's Party forming a grand coalition. Oh. Which is what happened. Oh. You hate yeah. to see it, folks. The twenty sixth government of Turkey was a grand coalition between the Republican People's Party and the Justice Party. Ugh. You do not love to see it. No. At all. Now, some, a lot of quite well-known politicians cut their teeth in this, uh, in this grand coalition. And, so, you know, some of them are kind of important. One of them is especially important to the story we're going to tell. But you will note that the leader of the uh, Justice Party did not decide to join the coalition. He simply lent people to the government. Oh, so now, this is sort of, actually sort of like a confidence and supply thing, is it? Or it's it was an explicit coalition, but they were kind of like I he was he specifically didn't want to sit in the government in a mm. ministerial position. It's it's that kind of thing. So right. they sent um, Ali Akif Eidoğan to be the deputy prime minister when that would usually be you know the Democrat Party leader, 
And the the thing is that the coup government really didn't want to let um because you see if if you added the um if you added the right of center part, you know, justice new turkey fascists, they could have formed a majority, right? Yeah. The the basically the military was keeping a very close eye on this and were like we can't let the neo democrats have a government of their own. So I guess next and the Republican People's Party just didn't deliver as is sort of going to become a theme as well. <laughs> um <laughs> so uh, so we're just going to have to deal with this grand coalition where they basically can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to put it mildly, they basically couldn't really do the de-democratization with the successor to the Democrat Party in the government. No. And in, uh, yeah, and in fact, um, the, so, the, so the thing that happens is there's actually a person who's quite important to the... To, who's going to be important later... And it's kind of important now. There's a little-known ministry in Turkey at the time called the Ministry of Labor and Social Security, uh, who have one of the fucking coolest logos I've ever seen. Whoa! That is a fucking cool-as-fuck logo. Looks even better on the Discord, like, dark grey. Oh, yes. That is a fucking sick-looking logo, I I I will say. I enjoy how all the government ministries just, like, absolutely go ham on the logos, like, Oh, absolutely. They're all trying to one-up each other as well. Like, I mean, to be fair, there they're, does seem to be a bit of a house style. Because you see there are the 16 stars around it. I assume mm-hmm. it's 16. That's, that's a thing that's representing 16 former Turkish empires, you know. God. That's part of the presidential seal and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's very... Um, obviously, the Prime Minister has, like, the most boring fucking logo. Jesus Christ. The former seal of the Prime Minister. This is the most boring one. This is this is the shittest logo I've seen so far this episode. Hold on, let me get an actual copy of it. Is that fucked up? But yeah, here you go. This is the most boring logo we're gonna see. This is so shit. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so that's so shit. That's uh. like a souvenir badge you get in a tourist. Yeah, exactly. Shop. Like, who wants that? That's God. Imagine being prime minister, and that's your and the fucking Ministry of Labour has this sick ass fucking oh, it's gear. So fucking cool. And, the gear and oh, it's so good. Like, anyway, we're we're getting distracted again. <laughs> <laughs> but the minister of labour and social security <clears throat> is a gentleman called Bulent Ejevit. Ah, he's getting his start in this government. Actually, it has begun for him. He's gonna he's gonna be an important guy, and you know he's he holds basically every single fucking ministerial position I think in his life. Wow, he's like, co- it, collecting all the achievements. Yeah, he he had a lot. He's <laughs> oh man, he is. Uh, he just had every job, and you know what? Fine, I guess he was the only guy who could do him. But <laughs> just getting shunted yeah. from department to department, just yeah, spinning plates as he goes. Of course, the unfortunate thing about Bilent Ejevit was that he was a journalist, which oh. does explain some of the melting, to be honest. And and you know, and he um. And he stays in the in the role all throughout the coalition government, uh, throughout all of the coalitions we're going to have, because this coalition, it will surprise you to know, will not last. <laughs> but he, he is the person who uh, passed the law, get, well, he wrote the law and passed the law, giving workers the right to strike in collective bargaining. We love to see it. Yeah, so, you know, finally, we're allowed to do it, are we? I mean, to be fair, I think the problem was that there were a lot of wildcat strikes, and they were like, yeah. mm. Maybe we need to not have those. Yeah, perhaps. I think that, like part of that is like, like trade union legislation does seem to mainly have been like an effort to like legitimate it and that way rein it in a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean to be as I as I keep explaining, prior to a lot of trade union laws, the way the disputes were settled was by going into the boss's house and caving his skull in with a hard object. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, sometimes in front of his family as well. So like, you know, I feel like. I'm if, just if saying, I were, if, return if, to know. tradition, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just saying, if I were, say, a conservative government presiding over a cost of living crisis, and yeah, and you know, generally being quite heavy-handed about protest and dissent, I would maybe not make striking effectively illegal in six critical sectors to the economy. <laughs> it seems like an invitation for something terrible to happen to someone. Mm. Not that I particularly give a shit, to be honest. No, no. Because the people who it's going to happen to aren't me. 
to be quite frank. Just pretend I posted that Speed Racer gif. Yeah. And uh, I, I also should say that Bill and Ejibit, I think he kind of merits his own episode. He is... in, in the We were talking in the bonus about Jem Karaja, uh, spoiler alert, everyone. Um, like, he is in a way a totemic political figure as well. In that, And of the, of the same generation, even, mm. actually. Because um, he would have been born in... Maybe a little older, actually. Yeah, he was born in 1925. So he's my grandparents' generation. All right. Maybe even a little older than my grandparents, actually. But yeah, you know, my grandparents are old. <laughs> they are very old. It's like everybody in Turkey has like a decades-spanning career. It really speaks volumes of how good the healthcare system must be. These people are all so fucking old. My grandparents are so fucking old as well, and they're not even rich. Like... <laughs> Incredible. I mean, you know... It... Things to improve on as always, but yeah, it doesn't seem that terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they've beaten, they've beaten like the media, the life expectancy by some margin. So fair play to it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Ben. Uh, guess what? This okay. So guess how long this coalition government lasts? I'm giving it three or four months. Okay, so that's a little, little pessimistic. Ah oh, well. A little that's... longer. Okay, uh, six months to a year. That's the right range, yeah. So it went from November to June. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's also known as the first coalition government of Turkey, which I guess is technically, yeah, very much true. Hmm. Well, I suppose when you have multiple political parties contesting an election for once. <laughs> yeah, and, and not just all led by the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so what do you reckon the the issue was that that broke the uh, broke the government? Oh, I'm gonna guess that they just couldn't agree on it on fucking anything and couldn't pass any legislation. Actually, to be fair, they do a surprising like little bit of work. But then what happens is they um the Dem- the the Justice Party bring up a small matter, a little matter, a minor matter. Which is that they want uh, amnesty for Democrat Party members, former <laughs> Democrat Party members. Oh boy. And with the military and, looking sternly on as this was taking place. Yeah, and Ismet Inunu's like, basically it's split along party line, like, reaction to this. Yeah. And, it, um, and in the parliament, obviously it's split, split along whether you were a Democrat Party or weren't a Democrat Party. So, which meant that not a Democrat party had a majority, but the Justice Party were like, no, but we really, really want to do this, and if you want to keep being in government, I mean, do you want to work with the fascist party? Like, <laughs> oh, Christ. I, aren't we the lesser evil? But, like, Isabel Inouye genuinely was like, this has rendered my government non-functional, and he just straight up resigned as Prime Minister. <sighs> He's like, oh, I can't fucking make this work. How's it, how's it going to fucking work? I don't know. He just, like, walked off and turned off his hearing aid. Yeah, basically. And, um, yeah, it, it, the next coalition government, I, I guess we're kind of talking about coalition governments now. The next coalition government is uh, the, the 27th government of Turkey, of course, uh, in keeping with the numerical tradition. Um, so what, uh, what happens here is the, uh, the, this is now the nation party's big, or well, the Republican nation party's big fuck up. Uh-huh. So, Isma Inonu says, well, okay, we can't work with the Justice Party, fine. Uh, he is then asked by the president, form another government. And he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I mean, okay. And so he decides to approach the new Turkey Party. And um, they say, yes, okay, we will join the coalition. Now, Isma Inonu wants to make doubly sure that the government is going to 100% last, mm. right? He is intent on making it last, so he approaches the fascist party. And this causes a problem, because the leader of the fascist party... Uh, I'm going to sneeze. Well, <coughs> God, I must be allergic to the fascist party. Oh, that's good. Anyway, yeah, that is a good sign. But the fascist party receives the offer. He receives the offer. And a lot of this, most of the party in parliament are like, yeah, well, obviously we would like to be in government, because then we get executive power. And we can start doing the fascism stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is just the textbook way that fascists begin to build institutional power. But Osman Balukbasha, who's the leader, is just like, 
I'm not going to fucking work for Isma Inonu. He might be a secret communist. <laughs> and that's not really that's not really the reasoning. But he did did specifically did not want Isma Inonu to be prime minister. That was like his heart. You know, like how the Lib Dems were like, oh, we don't want Gordon Brown to be prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> which, I su- which I suppose had them and the country in agreement for once, to be honest. But I mean, they, it was kind of the same thing. And... He basically, um, he basically leaves the party. He gets, he gets kicked out of the party. The leader just gets, the leader just gets kicked out of the party in this, in essence. And Fantastic. he forms a new party called the Nation Party. Again, he refounds the Nation Party of old that he was formerly the leader of. And the rest, the remaining bit of his party, join the government. And I believe they're led by... Who are they led by when they're in coalition? That's a good question. Uh, they, uh, oh, well, when they're in coalition, they're led by a man called Ahmed Oz. But he's not in the government, I don't think. No, he's not. There is... It doesn't seem to be... Leaders don't necessarily... Oh, Ahmed Oz is in the government, sorry. He, he becomes, briefly, Minister of Commerce, which... Feels like such a hmm. shitty job when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, but to be fair, leaders. I think there's a way of thinking about leaders in British politics that's completely different to Turkish, right? Mm. Like you are the chairman of your party. You are not necessarily the political leader. A hundred percent of the time, right? It's kind of like, um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Is it? Um, like how Stalin was actually the leader of the Soviet Union, but the president on paper is someone else, right? Yeah, I it's it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same deal, and it's why like um, leaders don't have to be prime minister or deputy prime minister; they can just have whatever fucking job suits them, basically. Hmm. Like, like you, you yeah. seems like a better system, to be honest. Well, yeah, because like, look, the fact, like, as as might have been the case. For some people, being prime minister is not necessarily the job for everyone. No. But you might be a compelling political leader. So you can be the compelling political leader, and then why not have someone else be prime minister, and you be, I don't fucking know, let's read the list of ministries here, minister of national education. Yeah. Yeah, why the fuck not? You know, I I think that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Hmm. If anything, it's a healthier political system in a lot of ways than the UK. Exactly, yeah. But yeah. yeah, you don't, yeah. But, um, gentlemen, so there are deputy prime ministers, there are three deputy prime ministers, so this is a thing that can happen in Turkey, multiple deputy prime ministers, and in fact there are multiple vice presidents in Turkey currently, kind of on the model of this system. Uh, one from the CHP, one from the Yeni Türkiye Partisi, and one from the Republican Nationalists, you know, like, the villages, mm. villages, the villages, I'll call them. <laughs> so they, ha- they each have a seat at the executive table, basically. Yeah. But the Jehepe has majority, well, you know, most of the seats. Yeah, he's got a plurality now, of the votes anyway, or seats. Yeah, um... So, what do we think happened to this coalition? Uh, how long, first of all, how long do we think it lasted? Oh, I'm going to say over a year this time. You would be right. It lasted from June, 25th of June 1962 to Christmas Day 1963. Oh, wow. Not bad. So late a year and a half, Gainer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but Turkey is trying very hard to do this democracy thing. <laughs> it is. It turns out it is a uh, so it is a bit complicated. So what do we think happened to this uh, to this uh, coalition government? What do we think was the point where they fucked it, or where the junior partners realised it was fucked? Hmm, that's an interesting one. I'm- uh, what kind of what kind of roles were the junior partners occupying in government? I wonder. Okay, uh, minister Ministry of Agriculture, Minister of Health and Social Security. Um, there are a lot of independent. Oh, they also formed the coalition with independence as well. I did neglect to mention that. Oh, um, right, okay. Minister of State. I don't even know what that job is. No, um, is it like Home Secretary? Is it? Or... Uh, no, that's kind of like Minister of the Interior, which they were not. Right. Uh, Minister of Commerce. Uh, Ministry of Culture and Tourism. Oh boy. Yeah, that's a real fucking. That's the Matt Hancock job right there. So this is all kind of meat and potatoes stuff. Is, was yeah, the, was mini- the... ministry. There's Ministry of Construction and Settlement. Yeah, which so, doesn't sound great. So, did they end up like coming to blows, perhaps, over like not having like 
executive roles or like you know really interesting shit that they could do actually no something interesting happened and it's called a local election oh no yeah and i'm gonna share the result with ben and ben alone and you're gonna immediately realize what they may have figured out remember those election results from before ben Mm -hmm. when you look at this oh yeah Ah, I see, yeah. Have we have we noticed what's happened to the Neo-Democrat Party? Yeah. And to the Republican Villages Party? Yeah, there's just not much... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've also noticed that we have a newcomer on there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to be... They're, they're, we'll talk about them later. But they're, they're very cool. Um, I believe one of our early patrons is a member of them, in fact. Oh, the still existing wing of it, yeah. Fantastic. So, so yeah, it looks like there's been sort of a collapse in the vote of the, the junior partners to the point where also the Justice Party has overtaken the Chehepa. I mean, there wasn't a big gap to begin with, but yeah. Um, mm. And this is the map, if you're interested in what the map looked like. So yeah, I suppose that spelled the end of the future feasibility of the coalition because it just wasn't workable. Yeah, they, they were getting fucking owned, basically. Yeah. Um, hold on, I have a reaction image in the Tonti Discord I want to use for this. Um, where, where is it? It's in shit posting. I, I I don't know if you kept up with the Tonti Discord insanity lately. But oh, I'm well remember behind. that? Remember that anime I mentioned on? Um... Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a picture of me in a cow park. Um, that's been posted in the Discord. I don't know why that is. Um, also, someone photoshopped Matt Hancock into the wrong cow park when I requested the image. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like into into an Uzbek cow park. But yeah, uh, so that anime I mentioned when we recorded the bonus, Ben, this is a screen cap from it, and uh, it is my favourite screen cap. I'm going to use it as a reaction relatively soon. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, in short, you got owned is pretty much the correct way to interpret these local election results. And yeah, they they pulled out of the coalition because they realised, holy shit, we are insanely unpopular (laughs) because we've gone into coalition with our arch enemy and also one of our parties have split in two. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's not gone well. Yeah, in fact, actually, they got overtaken by the Splinter Party, didn't they? Yeah, the Nation Party. Oh, no. Yeah. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. And and also, this is a, this is actually kind of to the credit, limited credit, of Osman Bulukbasha, because he, by all credit, uh, by, all, by all accounts, was a very compelling political leader. Mm. Like, he, he was an asset and in, if anything him throwing a, a fit about going into coalition and splitting was ultimately probably a delaying action for a lot of these fucking assholes getting organized properly politically yeah so you know, I'm, you know um, <laughs> not not particularly upset by it you know? hmm. i suppose it does show a, a sort of rare bit of political principle as well as like, i have a shot at power here but i'm not going into coalition with my arch enemy no way I'm not going to coalition with the man I think is a traitor because he stood up for protesting students. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These young people. God, it really is just like the same everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, like, it's, it's a bad opinion, but at least it's a principled one. Yeah. And so, and so, I guess we're just talking about coalition governments. The final coalition government. The one that limped over the line. Um, <laughs> wait, was it even a coalition government? I think it may have been... Um, what was the coalition here? Ah, ah, it's a confidence and supply government. The best oh, kind. Oh, no. Yeah. Confidence and supply arrangement is the 28th government led by uh, Isma Inunu. Not his 28th, although I know. It's his 10th government. <laughs> government X, as it's called. <laughs> government X. Yeah, the Roman numeral for I think Government X has to be the fucking title of this episode. (laughs) Government X. It's like one of those fucking mystery box prizes on a game show. It sounds like fucking Professor X has taken over the British government. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck's going on? Anyway, yeah, so he he invites some independents into the government, and basically what he does is he forms a confidence and supply agreement with the new Turkey party. And... Mm. It's, it goes, and, you know, and Bilal Ejivit, this is the period where he passes his, you know, you're allowed to strike stuff and all that nice stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, all right, Ben, what do you reckon happened? 
what do I reckon happened with the conference and supply deal? Um, yeah, what do you think happened? Yeah, what do I think happened? I think it, uh, it probably probably went on for a while, and then you know, I suppose if it's if it's a supply thing, then it fell apart when some crucial vote came up over something very stupid. Uh, it was actually the annual budget. The annual budget fucked them. Oh boy. All four of the opposition parties opposed the annual budget and Isma Enonu resigned and they formed the caretaker government to see out the parliament. Um, and incidentally, if you're wondering, the confidence and supply agreement lasted a year and a half or thereabouts. December, 20, December 1963 to February 1965. Which actually might make it the longest lasting of all of the governments. Dear God. Which is kind of concerning. And then obviously the final one is a caretaker government where basically everyone agreed to support an independent as prime minister. <laughs> and like, Pick some random guy. Anybody will do. Actually, it was, um, it was the guy who was the speaker of the Senate. Oh, um, okay. And actually, interesting, interesting guy. Suat Hairi Urgrupla. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, Urgrupla. I got that right. <laughs> but he was, um, he is the last prime minister of Turkey to be born outside the present-day territory of Turkey. Oh. Because he was born in Damascus. Oh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah and, he, um, and he went to uh, Garth Sarai Univers- High School. Um, and yeah. He, he has sort of like a fancy, uh, fancy lad family background, which is why he went to Garth Sarai High School, incidentally. And his, um, his father was actually a minister of religious affairs under the Genocide Party. Uh, the Committee of Union and Progress. We still can't escape it. Oh, fuck. And he was also a Shehul Islam, which is like a, like a high-ranking, honorific Islamic scientist title, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of like spiritual advisor, but like the final boss of spiritual advisors. <laughs> if, if you like. And this was a government supported by all of the non jehepair parties. And they all gave um, ministers to this. Even the Nation Party joined in. The fucking... Because Isma Inonu was not Prime Minister. Oh, great. So that was the deal breaker. That's why everything that... else before this fucked up. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Isma Inonu specifically must never be allowed to be Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which I suppose, I guess we'll talk about another time. That was actually an opinion that was shared by the public in Turkey, I guess. Um... <laughs> They'd had enough of that guy, had they? Yeah, they apparently had. Uh, and also, I, I guess this sets us up nicely to talk about some of the... Because we've done the sort of backgroundy, politicsy bit of it all. We can now talk about uh, some of the attempted assassination stuff. Mm. You know, we can talk about the, uh, the attempted military coup. We've got a lot of fun stuff we can talk about next episode. Excellent. Because we've set ourselves up really nicely. Because we understand the political situation. Now, actually, I want to kind of go back to the beginning of this a little bit, which is that one of the stated objectives of the Hunter was to create a stable parliamentary political system. <laughs> Does this seem like a stable parliamentary political system that doesn't have Democrat Party elements in it? Uh, I've got to say I'm tending to think no. No, it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't quite worked, has no, it? No, no. Um, well, now, yeah. <laughs> They did really kind of back the wrong horse a bit, thinking that the Jehepe would pull it together, I guess. Yeah, I mean, in general, if you're looking to the Jehepe to, like, sort anything out, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's distinctly unlikely. Very, very, very unlikely. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have realised any of its goals, really. No stable political system, no, no excising the Democrat Party or its constituency. It's, it's all still floating about. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. And anyway, let's not, uh, let's not think too hard about what that's going to lead to down the road. I'm sure it would not result in any kind of intervention in politics again. No, no. No, certainly not. I, I would... Learn the lesson I... the first time, you know. <clears throat> you, you touch the stove once, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's certainly not like breaking the seal. It's certainly nothing <laughs> like that. Nothing like that. Completely fine. Everything's gonna be okay, everyone. Anyway, we're gonna talk about um, 
I guess next time what we'll talk about is the attempted 1962 and 1963 military coups. <laughs> Fucking hell. Two, two for one there. <laughs> um, and uh, the emergence of the concept of left of centre in Turkish politics. Because this is the period where it starts coming out. Because mm. Partially because um, a very young, energetic Labour minister comes to prominence. Hmm. And becomes influential in the party. And also, we'll talk about Isma Inonu beat an attempted assassination and what that has to do with Cyprus? Hmm. What could. Th- what? And also with Adnan Menderes? Uh. A man whose life he tried to save explicitly? <laughs> what, could it have, what could it have to do with all of these things? I guess you'll have to tune in next. In two weeks. I was going to say next week, because next week is the bonus. Oh, yes, of course. Where, where we where we tried to talk about Anatolian rock. <laughs> we, we tried to. We, we tried very hard to talk about the topic. <laughs> oh no. Ah, uh, you, you'll enjoy it anyway, folks. Yeah, you'll have a laugh with it. It's it's very good. It, we have a, we had a blast recording it. I'm sure it comes out in the recording as well. Anyway, I think that's it from us. So we're going to catch you on the bonus or in two weeks if you're not getting the bonus. See you, everyone. Good night, everyone.